Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, welcome to Bold Sports. We're on week 22. Matt. It's really week 22 already. Yeah. Well, yeah, 22. Football season's over, basically. Yeah, football season's over. We um, just had our live Super Bowl show up at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Uh, that went quite well, I believe. Um, I thought it was great. It did. Uh, we just want to say uh, an- another big thank you to Penn Brewery uh, and especially uh, Gene Mangrum, food and beverage director from Penn Brewery. Uh, he was on the show, was guest on the show with us. He brought some really tasty beers, talked about all the good Kaiser things. Pills. Kaiser Pills. Kaiser name. Kaiser Pills is what we uh, basically got down on. Um, Kaiser Pills is a great, drinkable, beer-flavored beer. It was um, delicious. And, you know, I, I've never done a live podcast before, Steve, and... Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Like when you walk in, people just like hand you all sorts of alcohol. Like as soon as you sit down, it even if it's like before noon on a Sunday. But, well, um, well, what's Gene say? That Kaiser Pills is a. It's a. That's a. That's a smooth drinking beer any time of day. It is a smooth <laughs> drinking beer. That's like my favorite beer. Like I'm done cutting the grass, and I just need a beer. I miss cutting the grass just for that reason. I know. Like I know. there's just. It's not the same. Like drinking a. A session ale after you shovel snow all morning. Correct. It's not the same. No, that's when you, you want know? a big roasty stout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like after I helped you move and we got back to my house and I had to go to work and I, I just had a couple beers in the fridge like here and then mm. I had to hurry up and get in the shower. So I had shower beer. Shower beer. Shower beer is always, you're never too classy for shower beer. Never. But uh, Gene did bring some other beers. He uh, he, he brought the uh, Cheater Juice. Cheater juice, which was, also was the New England IPA, New also England a good breakfast IPA. drink with a lot of citrusy stuff going yeah, on there. Very good breakfast good. drink. Uh, he brought a, uh, a coffee porter out. And Didn't he, get to try the coffee porter, but nah, my buddies that were there fucked that shit up for well, us. Well, you know, and then coffee uh, goes, coffee sells people like coffee, right? And then we had uh, the double IPA. Uh, the name is escaping me right now, but it was uh, Imperial Double IPA based off of. Piney the Elder uh, from Russian River Brewing, uh, which was quite delicious. I liked it. I'm a big hophead, though. I'm a big beer guy. Um, when it comes to that, uh, Gene talked about, um, you know, the Air Mall. They're opening up Penn Brewery. Um, they're opening up a brew pub and restaurant at the Air Mall in the Terminal A uh, out there. Uh, also, they got a little brew pub in the works down in Lawyers Road, down on First Avenue. That's great. Um, Those are my people down there. Yeah, <laughs> not lawyers. I I just mean people people who catch the tea downtown and are looking for a place to grab a beer. Definitely. Well, you just want to stop in and get a beer too. You don't want to deal with going to Eddie Merlot's or you don't want to deal with going to you know uh, Butcher and Rye or Pork and Beans, which are all fine places to go. Or Courthouse Tavern, which or, is closed. Or your your favorite courthouse, which is closed. R.I.P. Man. Yeah. If we were outside, I'd pour a little of this beer out for them right now. But yeah, there's uh, you know. There's not too many local style or small tavern type bars in downtown anymore. And with with that with that PNC building, like that courthouse, once it gets renovated, like that's gonna be. Oh yeah. You know that that's gonna be some fancy thing. Like it's like a block from Parata. 
Yeah. Know, it's gonna. It's like Market Square is starting to extend like all the way up Forbes. Oh, oh yeah. It's, and they're gonna turn Macy's into luxury condos, and it's just gonna be like on a that. corridor of like bouginess. Yes. That's how it is. Also, we want to say a big thank you to Slice on Broadway. <laughs> Thanks to Slice on Broadway. Thanks to Slice on Broadway coming through with um, a couple pies. The the guys up there sent down to the studio uh, for after we're done the podcast. That way we can you know soak up some of that beer. That I we did were... such a good job this weekend. I had pizza from three different local shops. Wow. Who yeah. else did you have? Oh, I had Beto's on Saturday because okay. I just had to. I was getting to that point. And I had some business in Beachview on Saturday as well, so I, I grabbed some Beatos and then sliced for brunch on Sunday, and then at the Super Bowl party we had Molly's. Oh, yeah. So, and Molly's is good. Beef. Molly's is good. But we especially want to thank the guys up at Slice, uh, sending down a couple pies um, for us uh, and uh, our uh, studio audience uh, there at Sorgatron Media Studios on Broadway Avenue in Beachview. Pies are quite tasty. I mean, I'm a, like a traditional pizza guy. Like, uh, you know, they sat down the one with the spinach and the, and the chicken and yeah. the uh, goat cheese and so forth. And they had the other one with like the sausage and like ricotta and uh, a bunch of other. I just uh, wanted it was to... meats and ricotta. And I, I had just had the pepperoni and those garlic, like those pepperoni. garlic twists were good. Yeah, I didn't get into the garlic twists. Like the, the spinach and the, the fancy cheeses, that's all a little too rich for my morning pizza palate. Right. Um, but pepperoni is a good breakfast meat. Well, the first thing was the pizza was hot. Pizza was hot. It was fresh. <laughs> it was really fresh, really hot. Uh, this, they, I, they, they delivered it after the show, which like sucks for the people who had to sit and listen to us without any pizza, but it's good for the hosts because we can't be like snacking on pizza while we're trying while we're to talking, talk or, or yeah. we'd be doing it right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, we're drinking beers right now. That's, I mean, I think we're always drinking beer when we record. Or that's something. how we. That's how we take turns speaking. Or something, maybe it might just turn into a monologue by one or the other of us. But there's beer. Yeah, and then or or whiskey if we sip have whiskey break. around. Uh oh, sip break. Mm. Yeah. So um. Yeah, there it is. Super Bowl brunch was a good time. Um, I wish I'd known that Gene was a Cowboys fan before you put me down there. It was kind of like a gotcha journalism tactic. I felt. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, I had all these great takes on why the Eagles are awesome that I was going to pull out of my ass. You could have. I could have, but, could've. like, I didn't want to make it weird. You know? uh, Gene's a good sport. He's a Gene's, good sport. Gene's a good sport. He knows a lot about He knows a lot about his stuff, so. He yeah. does. Uh, Gene Mangum's very nice. should have him on more often. Gene Mangum's a very nice guy. He's uh, he, he does great in the restaurant industry. Um, he's done very well uh, with him uh, over at Penn Brewery. Uh, bringing the restaurant back, uh, bringing uh, bringing it to where everybody needs it and loves it to be. The beer's always good. He's got the food side portion of it. He's got Nick, Nick's brewer over there. Um, he's an awesome guy too. Brew some really good beer. So, yeah, I can't wait to get to the open the one downtown. Yeah, because I can't always get over to the main brewery over in Troy, a uh, base of Troy Hill there in Spring Garden, Deutschtown neighborhood. Yeah, um, you know the one downtown, and I, I guess I could take the T, boom, jump right off, and then I can jump on the T and back home. I don't have to worry about driving. If I go over the one on the brewery, I, I got to take a bus over. You know, once I get into town, or I got an Uber or a Lyft, and sometimes you just don't want to spend that extra twenty five bucks. Go, cause I, cause I'm not gonna Uber from like town, I, I town. To the brewery, I would just Uber from my house. Yeah. Or I could actually just like bus, take the T and the bus over, and then Uber direct from the brewery back home. I don't know. I mean, yeah. There's there's options. You know the um, there's that bike bridge. 
oh yeah over 28 that's like right right near the brewery yeah it's right it's it's literally right across mm-hmm. from the brewery where you can it's the walking bridge or the bike bridge however you want to look at it yeah um, so if you're being responsible out there you know is biking while drunk okay you're not allowed to no you can get a DUI I know I know I know people in Jersey they got DUI and bicycle I know but people on, but on the other hand like all these breweries are like popping up on bike trails yeah right. you know what I mean yeah, like, right. there's there's the one in Oakdale out on the Panhandle Trail uh, Helicon Helicon yeah Helicon okay um, Voodoo and Homestead is is pretty damn close to the gap. Well, and then plus there's like four really good. There's two breweries in Homestead plus four really good beer bars, and across the river is Rougeau and Braddock. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know you know what Braddock wants to do is attract more hipsters on bikes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and like the whole like bike growler phenomenon. I mean, there's a. Well, Gene brought bike bike <laughs> there's, growlers. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot more merchandise that encourages drinking and biking. Then there is that encourages drinking and driving at this point. Uh, no, I, they, they don't. They don't make like a Lexus like Bluetooth growler for your car. You know, <laughs> that is true. So um, we just wanted to say thank you very much to uh, Penn Brewery and uh, especially Gene Magnum from Penn Brewery and the guys up at Slice on Broadway. Uh, thanks for uh, making the Sunday Live Super Bowl brunch show. Um, go off and if it wasn't for you guys i don't know that we could have just done it by ourselves i mean we could have we had a bomb quiche and some salad we did have a bomb quiche and some salad uh, made by uh your lovely lady uh julia Mm -hmm. who um is a chef by the way Mm -hmm. uh so the quiche didn't last very long it didn't like i i had like a small piece like i you know i didn't want to eat a ton before i had to like sit and talk for an hour but um i had to get something like I, i was just feeling a little empty so I, I had a small piece, and then I did the show, and by by the time it was over, I was, like, ready. Right. And then pizza came, and I was just like, oh, this is the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then more pizza later, and I was like, what do I care? It's a Super Bowl. You know? It, well, it would have been cool if I ran into some wings at some point. It was, yeah. We, I didn't even get any wings. I was. They opted to go for sushi instead of wings. Sushi's awesome. I had sushi the last time the Eagles and Patriots played in the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, um... My buddies are like, oh, we're gonna do like Uber Eat sushi. I'm like, what happened to Uber Eat wings? You could do both. He blew the Uber Eat budget on sushi. Mm, get a Postmates budget. Or uh, were you out in like? Not no, in we were in, no, we were in, we were right on Evergreen Road, right off two seventy nine. That's kind of too far north, I think. Uh, well, for Postmates, yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, my buddy works for Uber, so he gets okay. a, he gets an Uber budget. Ah. So he blew his budget on. So your your buddy blew his budget. Like that's when everyone else steps up and says, "Like thanks for blowing your budget. Let's like also upgrade and order some wings." I know, right? <laughs> we should have. But I had so much food that I cooked. I mean, yeah. I cooked. I mean, I cooked uh, uh, pulled pork. Well, I had meat. meat I had meatballs. I had I had a a, a roasted pork. I I had a fifteen pound pork loin. Okay, so you brought the protein. <laughs> yeah. Um, old screw Postmates. You know, man. we had we had buffalo protein. chicken dip. We had, um, I had jalap- bacon wrapped stuff, jalapeno peppers. Um, there was shrimp. There was, what I, I I just started like cooking meat and bacon, and it was just down. Yeah, that's we, how it we were on it. Yeah, but now it was awesome. So how about the uh, game itself? Um, as like I said before. As a Pittsburgh guy, rooting for the Eagles is kind of like having your mother-in-law take your brand new sports car off a cliff. Uh, hmm. But 
the no, less, it's not. The lesser I, I the the, the lesser the two eagle uh, the lesser the, lesser the, the two, two eagles. eagles. That's what yeah, you just yeah. Did. The lesser the two evils did prevail. Um, if the Patriots would have won, a it would have been the Patriots winning, and b it would have been them tying the Steelers with six Super Bowls all time. And we don't need any of that bullshit. No, we don't. Um, you know, we we talked on Sunday about the. All the secret Ravens fans that popped up. Oh, yeah. When, when the last time they played in New Orleans. Yeah. When, when it was Ravens against or, the 49ers. Niners, Niners. And if the Niners had won, they would have tied the Steelers. And that was other the... than the fact other than the fact that, you know, they they were about to tie the Steelers in terms of Super Bowls won, like, there was no reason to not like the Niners at that point. So, you know. That was the Harbaugh still Bowl. secretly were like, yeah, it was the Harbaugh Bowl. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was a reason to dislike the Niners. It was Harbaugh. Well, yeah, but which Harbaugh would you? you I just see. Like... I think John is the more reasonable Harbaugh. If John didn't coach the Ravens, I don't think I'd even pay any attention to him. <laughs> Jim's like goofy as hell, and he's like trying to be like the next Lou Holtz with his like goofy hat and glasses and khaki pants, and and he's doing it for Michigan. Instead of Notre well, Dame he went because to he's Michigan. a Michigan guy, and I don't Michigan. like Michigan. That's my whole problem. I'm not, I'm not a big Michigan guy either. I mean, can't be a Notre Dame fan and be even any any uh, level of Michigan guy. I'm not any level Michigan guy. They don't bother me. I mean, one day, one game a they year they bother me greatly. One game a year they bother me, uh, and they don't even play that anymore. They're playing it next year. Oh yeah, I know. Speaking of next year, we got we got invited to go out somewhere next year. Oh nice, where South Bend? Yep, nice. October should... October 13th. Have you been? Oh, I've been. Yeah. Is it? Where is it? The pit game? Yeah. 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 Th- those are fun. Yeah. There's a, there's always a good group of Pittsburgh people that go out for that. And I have a couple buddies that live out in Warsaw, so um, mm. we got a free place to stay. Nice man. All we do is I know get where there. you can get some kibasi. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Pittsburgh, go get kibasi somewhere else. That's like a shame. Now nah, you bring you bring them some like Silver Star and be like, this is the official kibasi of Heinz Field. Eat it. <laughs> well, my buddies that are out there are all Steelers fans. They come in here every year for a Steelers game, so I hang out with those guys well, good. for a whole weekend when they come into town. Um, so with the Super Bowl, Matt, Eagles won first Super Bowl for the Eagles franchise in history. That brings the state total to seven. <laughs> uh, no, I because I don't we don't, don't they count that Pottsville Maroons from like the olden days. Super Bowl era. Oh, Super Bowl era. Okay, right. Yeah. Super Bowl. Sorry, I'm trying to like go. All you're you're like, trying to add another yeah. one. I mean, if you, you want to the cook, e- man. if you want to the Eagles had championships too. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles. The Eagles last won it in 1960. But think about that, okay? Like, you know how it sucks to be a Pirates fan because they haven't won the World Series since 1979. Correct. Well, that's like they won two World Series in the 70s, and then the World Series in 60. Like, imagine if they hadn't won those World Series in the 70s. And that's how long it would have been. Like, 1960 yeah. was the last time that Philly had an, any sort of football championship. Yeah. Not, and Arena League does not count. Because I do think the Philly Soul won the Arena Bowl. They did, year. they did. Didn't count. I think it was the same year that the Phillies won the World Series. 2008. Too. So Philly's had it rough. And they're, you know, they are they love to hammer on people. They're passionate fans. Um, well, they some are of now. That, video, that, was, that was some... Some fun viewing and and listening it was to like the police scanner calls. The police scanner call, yeah. So Philly is now the fourth city to have all professional sports teams win a championship. 
because they had uh, the Phillies last one in uh, 08, and they also won 1980. Um, the Eagles, of course, this year. Uh, the Sixers, 83 was their last one, but they had two previous ones. And, of course, the fucking Flyers uh, with the back-to-back cups in 74 and 75. Yeah. So. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been a while. I That's mean, the longest sports drought in Philly. Is the Flyers the now. Flyers. Yeah. The Flyers are now the Pirates of, of Philadelphia. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have to figure out what's the longest sports drought overall. Because it's not Cleveland. It's not, not anymore. Cleveland anymore. Not anymore. Buffalo. I mean, yeah, they only have two professional sports teams. They've never won a Super Bowl. I mean, and like, I don't believe they've ever won a Stanley Cup. Vikings fans love to moan about their plight, but like. I've seen the Twins win two World Series in my lifetime, and I've seen the yeah, I've seen the Twins win two Worlds, and I yeah, I don't, and I've seen the North Stars lose in the finals. To I've the, seen the to North the Stars Titans. lose in the finals at least once, uh, but yeah, Twins won two World Series, eighty nine and ninety one. Buffalo's got it pretty bad, or was it ninety eighty seven and ninety one, eighty eighty seven and ninety one. Twins eighty seven was the um the Homer Hankies. Yeah. Yeah, and then like ninety one was the um, that was when Kent Herbeck picked the guy up off first base and tagged him out, and it was like such a blatant it was such a blatant play that when they went to the White House, like George Bush made a joke about it. <laughs> he's like he's like we should we could use you around the house to like help Barbara lift things or something. <laughs> bullshit. And I was like, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh George Bush the elder. Oh wow, he's a funny guy. He was a funny guy. Um, so you had Zach Ertz with that diving play. The ball kind of pops loose when the ground hits it, but he crossed the goal line and the ball pops up and he recovers it and rolls over. They call a touchdown and reviewed it. And they said he established himself as a runner. Touchdown's good. All right. There it is. I bought that completely. I totally bought that completely too, and I was nervous as hell that me they took, too. That, I felt like they I took was nervous. Way too that, long. I thought that was coming back, saying nope. Uh, he did not establish himself as a runner. Ground, you know, did not maintain possession through the play, and the ball was going to be down on the two yard line. I don't see how you can jump from like the three yard line into the end zone without establishing yourself as a runner. You know what I mean? You're right. Like you don't. You and don't this just. You why, don't just like hop on one foot. And this to go is that why far. in the you've got to like get your feet under you and get your like weight transferred and then like explode. And that to me is what like running is. You right. Know? But this is why in the off season that they're going to go ahead and review this. What is a catch rule? Right. Where Jesse James wasn't a catch because he didn't establish himself as a runner. He caught the ball. He did make a football move and extended the extended his arms over the goal line. But he didn't establish himself as a runner. Now, he, what they need to do is, look, if that ball crosses the goal line in possession of a player at any point in time, touchdown. That's mm-hmm. what it is. doesn't matter if you're a runner, a receiver, a tight end, quarterback, you know, a linebacker to just rip the ball out of the quarterback's hands. I mean, seriously. It, it, if the ball crosses the goal line in possession of a player, barring that he made a legit catch, you know, and, uh, you know, they had Adam Thielen on last week on uh, Wingo and uh, Goalie and Wingo. And they asked Adam Thielen, who had a hell of a season in Minnesota, 
said, what do you feel as a catch? He goes, catching the ball, two feet in bounds, and making a football move. Or if you're not making a football move and you're on the sideline, you're about to get hit. Maintaining possession, keeping your feet in bounds, and maintaining possession through the play. Sure. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm How about good you? with that too. Like I I thought both controversial calls were the right call. But I also felt like they applied a well, different standard than they applied to the Steelers. And well, I'm not, there was I'm that, not bellyaching. There was that, like, there was that Clement not, catch. Yeah, that, did, it, did that ball move a little bit? Well, Maybe. He, he, he had the ball but he, over the shoulder. He cradled it. He cradled it. He had one foot down when he got it, one foot down, and he tried to drag the other foot, even though he had two feet in the end zone before he rolled out the back. He, he It bobbled a little bit, but at the end of the play, he came up with complete possession. So, and that's after running into the wall behind him. Yeah. So, I mean, and cameraman. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a good game. Like those, those It was calls, a good game. It was a hard fight game. Was, I was surprised that some of those calls went the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Patriots, I mean, I, you know what? The Eagles front four got to Tom Brady. They did. They got to Tom Brady. They put him on his back a few times. They, you know, they that that last strip sack, which I didn't get to see. Oh yeah, because I was I saw it on replay. I didn't see it live because I took one for the team. I was at the super my Super Bowl party. I was at and went to the bathroom, and then the Eagles scored to take the lead. And I just took one for the team, and I stayed in the bathroom until the end of the game. Because we didn't need to change the mojo. Uh, That's dedication, man. You know, I mean, well, the group of guys that I'm with anyway, during regular season Steeler games, if you are in the bathroom when the Steelers score, you have to stay there until the Steelers score again. So, that could be a long time. And fortunately, most people's houses that we go to have multiple bathrooms. So... (laughs) Well, that's good. You can't come to a Super Bowl party at my house. You you, you can. You just got to pee around you. <laughs> you have to go in the backyard. <laughs> Steve, go out in the backyard. It's fenced in, man. You'd be like, yeah. it's like the dog, you know? Yeah, like it's the dog's it, bad luck. Dude, I've peed off my front porch here. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, you know, this is not Lebanon, man. Like, I also I do it in the city. It, we don't I, tolerate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't pee off your front porch. Your back porch is a different story. You can't pee off, your, can't pee off my front porch because it might end up in my basement. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> Matt's got cracks in the basement already. Hey, man. Damn it. Whoa, what's the matter? I got a leaky basement. Uh, so, <laughs> I got those people. You so, know, we have... Uh, yeah. So, this game went kind of well. Yeah, it was, it was a fun game. It was an it was exciting a fun game. game. It was an exciting game. It was one um, of the better Super Bowls to watch. A I lot really of the uh, bets, yeah. a lot of the bets came through. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I thought that the over under on Giselle shots that you gave out, well, like you said, like one and a half. Yeah, it was. One I half. thought that was crazy low. Like they showed her at least three times, and I wasn't right? even paying attention that much like during a lot of the game because if you saw her twice, she beat the over under. Uh, it, it was like they how, went. How about that and one that went away and then Tom Brady right to back. throw over four hundred yards? He did, and he threw five hundred. Still was there lost a separate the bet of still, yeah, do, doing those stats and still losing the game? Yeah. How uh, about no punts? No not punts. To not punt the football and lose yeah. in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Yeah. But no, you know, it come it comes down to the Pats' defense was the weakness of that team all year. Well, and that comes the controversy of Butler, Malcolm Butler. He 
Belichick goes to him five minutes before they take the field. You're not playing today. I hate that. Even I don't know. I don't care that they benched him. Like they might have had a good reason to bench him. We still don't know the. Real but we reason. need to know the reason. Like I hate that Belichick. Like well, even in losing, he like annoys the hell out of there's me. There's speculation but, because he was a day late joining the rest of the team because he was sick in Boston, um, and he was sick and he was recovering. He had a doctor's appointment the day that the team left. He joined the team the next day. Uh, there was another rep- that was true. There was another report that he missed curfew uh, one night going to a concert during Super Bowl weekend. Um, there was another report that he tried to sneak weed on an airplane. Um, there was another report that you know he he just didn't give a shit and missed meetings. So until we get a clarification on why he was benched. The speculation Man. is going to be out there. Just end the speculation. Come out and be Belichick. Hey, you know what? The dude's an asshole, so he's not playing. You know that's not. I would you accept that from Tomlin? If Tom if Tomlin benches like Bud Dupree or no Tom no Good, hell no and, and like we want to know we want to know and like and like you know Tomlin gives answers sometimes that are like real short. And they're sketchy you know? answers, and you have to read through the lines. But right. you can figure but, out Tomlin's answers. But when you Belichick bench a guy for the Super Bowl, Belichick like, just I think, goes, I'm not answering that. That's... Like, come on. What do you? What did he do that was so wrong? Is it something that the NFL is going to investigate? Probably, because he got benched. How about this McDaniels thing? So, we're, we're going to get to that later. Okay. We're going to get to that later. Okay, you got me mad about the Patriots, and now I'm yeah, being like, we're, conspiratorial. We're, we're going to get you mad again. Oh, um, good. <laughs> that's why I come, this is why I come here. So, I know, right? So looking forward to next season, uh, Matt, I, I'm thinking that we, um, as Steeler fans feel, I know how I personally feel, I'm not going to speak for you, that next season could literally be the last chance with Ben, Brown, Bell. Now, honestly... The way their contracts are written out, if Bell signs a contract, he's going to be good for a couple years. Uh, Brown's locked up. Uh, ben, I think, has one, two left? Two left on his deal yeah. that he signed? He signed that big deal, and then he signed the extension. Um, I think it's two. I think he's two left. Um, the O-line, uh, Ben said one of the reasons why he decided to come back instantly was because the O-line's locked up. Yeah. And he's not losing anybody from the O-line. That's good. Uh, I think so. They're they're only looking at maybe losing a few key, not even key players. It's a f- few position players. Uh, defense wise, I'm not sure what the defense contracts looks like. Um, I'm thinking next year is like the peak. If you don't get it next year, the year after is gonna be really hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that maybe uh, the next you know next year Steelers go to the Super Bowl. And hopefully, when they could kind of pull a, a Denver Broncos with John Elway and get Ben back the second time, and maybe go out with another one. Mm. Um, Only if I get to see Ben do like a helicopter touchdown dive. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> that would definitely he would be the like end. turn to dust. That would be, be like the end of his. That would be <laughs> the end of his career right there. Brittle Ben would be like, mm-hmm. oh, and I no longer. Ben's exist. not so brittle, man. I mean, six five. He's not. Two, I, call, six, five, I just call him that because of his like the way he like overhypes his he, injuries. He, 
if you if, to hear him talk, he's always injured. Right, and then you, and then you listen to Terrell Suggs talk. Goes, man, Ben's always injured. He gonna play. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I met T Sizzle this year. He's oh, yeah. a pretty fucking cool dude, actually. I'm sure he's one he of the is. few Ravens I respect. Actually, I think he's the only Raven I respect. I can't um, even name any besides him and Flacco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anymore? No. Yeah. yeah, I already forgot, man. That's that's dumb. Yeah. Um, but so looking forward to the next season. The Patriots are actually. Go figure. The, are they favorites? They're favorite to win the Super Bowl at one to one. The, the schedules the, the, aren't out yet. The Steelers are. We know who we're playing. We just don't know when and where. Uh, um, and uh, well, that matters. That matters a lot. Yeah, it does. It help. It helps to start. You know, have like a couple cake cakewalks in the first two weeks. Right. You know. Like, well, you're I, gonna I don't get think it hurt to have the Browns in week one. We you're, look you're, great. You're, you're gonna get them. a cakewalk, and you're gonna get a uh, you're gonna get a division team in the first two two weeks. Yeah. Usually, the, the way the NFL structure and the schedules now, you you finish with your division. Like the three of the four was division, and all four of the final four were conference games. Mm. Three of the four were divisions. We started with um, the Browns in a division, and the next one was conference. And you know, um, the Steelers had a path through the playoffs where they had all rematches. Yeah, it it was possible. Like if if Minnesota had beaten the Eagles, and you know. Steelers had beaten Jacksonville and then New England and then yeah. Minnesota. It would have been all rematches on the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, ja- I mean, there's there's good teams in the NFL and there's everyone. Jacksonville else. for some reason gives the Steelers trouble. They have since 1995. Do we have to play them next year? Uh, I don't think so. Good. I don't think. Do we have to play New England again? Probably. We, I don't always, know. we always have. To play I New I I I don't get it. Like on break on, on we... break, I'll pull up the 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 uh, where it says who we're playing next year because they released who we're playing. They didn't release scheduled dates. We'll just stuff. have a scheduled day special. That'd be awesome. Live live scheduled podcast. Dra- draft day, scheduled day. Draft day. Oh, there you go. Right on. So next season, looking forward to. Um, yeah, the Steelers are four to one to win the Super Bowl. Patriots are one to one. Four to one. Yeah, and we're the we're 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 the fourth favorite. So I forget who the other who two and three are because I really don't give a shit. So look at who's number Philly. one, and I look to see where Steelers are. Philly. Probably. Um, Philly's got a strong team coming back. Who else? Vikings? Jacksonville? Vikings has a strong team. Jacksonville has a strong team. Ja- Jacksonville could go get... Chargers have a strong team. Not Chargers. Rams have a strong I team. Saying, I was thinking, I was like, did something happen that I didn't hear about? <laughs> the other LA team! <laughs> <laughs> you know. Kellen uh, Winslow, like... Hey, Gruden's <laughs> back out in Oakland, yo. Gruden, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised our buddy Chris isn't like you know running up and down the streets. He might know, be cheering. I haven't been up to Dormont in a while. I don't know. <laughs> Neither have I. So, but all right, folks, we're gonna go ahead and take a break right now. We're gonna come back and talk about a little college basketball, which kind of sucks right now. But we're gonna talk about it anyway. I think on break, I'm gonna see if I can pull up who the Steelers are playing uh, for next season. Uh, also. Here's a little thing from Sorgatron Media. They're going to tell you what's going on up at the studio so you can check them out. We'll be right back. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, we're back. And, yes, on break, I was able to pull that up for us. So... This season coming up, the Steelers will have 
their normal AFC North matchups against the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns. This is all their home games. The Steelers will host the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, and the New England Patriots. I just don't get it. Like, why do we have to play them every year? Like, they might as well put us in their division. You know? You know, kind of thinking that, At too. least we could beat up on the Bills every year. Yeah. On the road, the Steelers will take on the AFC North rivals, of course, in Baltimore, in Cincy, and in Cleveland. Outside the division, they will be at Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, New Orleans Saints, Oakland Raiders, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, we won't know when um, they will play. We just know who we're playing. We don't know dates and times. We don't know if we got to go to London or Mexico. I, I want to go to London. Jeez, man, let's go to London. But Can we so, play Jags, Jags in London? The London Jaguars? I mean, haven't the Jaguars played in London for almost ever? That's what they're. That's like what they're talking about. Like, well, and also here's the thing with that too. They're gonna take a home game away from the Jags, not the Steelers. Right, exactly. Because or they goes or, to Jags games. Or, or do they book that as each team's an away game for them, so that nobody loses the home revenue? Well, I think the idea is that because Jacksonville's owner has ties to London, um, that he's okay with giving yeah. up giving up home games. You know, like I've, I'm, I'm, I've sure never... get a, I'm sure they get a cut of some sort for playing. Oh, I'm that sure game. they do. And like the people in the, the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base is not such that it would like you know tear down telephone you know, poles you know, and but light I've, shit I've... on fire. Like if you took home yeah. dates away from the Steelers, like you know yeah, that could happen. You, in the you South have side. people like running down the city county building, like Peduto, do something about this. <laughs> Pittsburgh dad making a whole video, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I, honestly, I haven't looked the teams that play in. Uh, London and play Mexico. I didn't look to see if they lost a home game or not. Yeah, that's how that's how they do it. I mean, they I'm, they, I'm they assuming. Home game I, away. I don't know if they take a home game away or they just book that as an away game for each team. I don't know. You can't do that. You gotta. It's got, it's got to be a home game for somebody. Yeah, I mean, you only play 16 games, right? I, you know, who knows. So, but anyway, like... We'll have to pay more attention to that this year on when the schedule comes out. Yeah. Like, I, half the London games, like, I didn't care about. Like, they're they're on early. Did they play, like, and, like I'm, I mean, I'm a person who wakes up early to watch soccer on a regular basis. Like, every Saturday and Sunday on the weekends. Well, that's when Saturday and Sunday are, generally. But, um, but like, from August through May, like, every Saturday and Sunday, there's soccer on. Like, probably, like, live from London. And I'm watching that, and I'm like oblivious to the fact that the NFL is on on another channel because it's just not part. Of, it's just your body doesn't expect to watch NFL football at that hour, you know. Um, I remember when the Steelers played there; like they had it at a normal time for the states. Like it was a one o'clock kickoff when we played the which Vikings, was like an eight o'clock game, which is like uh, it's like a five hour difference. I think it's six. Yeah, it's well they do daylight savings later than us, so there's like a few weeks in the fall where it's a six hour difference. But for the most part, it's five. Um, so like that's why they were having games at like nine ten in the morning this year in the NFL, which is better to like you know get get the fans out to Wembley and back, which is like a hike. I mean like if you could imagine oh, Wim- a stadium, yeah, Wembley's in the middle of nowhere. I mean it's like if, if it's like if the Steelers played out in Zelianople. Have you ever been to the Bills Stadium? No. The Bill Stadium's in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like a road. You Orchard drive Park. You drive past the highway, 
and it says Phil Stadium or whatever the name of it is now, and you get off the exit, and then you like drive through the woods, and then poof, there's a stadium and a bunch of parking lots. Mm. It, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> well, you know, you know what goes on out there, Steve. Like, do you want do you want the table slams to like what like be downtown by like the financial district? I mean. <laughs> Does Buffalo have a financial district? Everyone's got banks. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, man. Where do you think they keep their money? Under the mattress, like Under all the mattress? Good normal people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, HSBC. Like I, you know, I always thought HSBC was like a Buffalo-based bank because they named their arena after it. But it turns out that's like a Hong Kong-based banking company. So like the buffalo's on their radar like then they must not be like as much of a backwater as you're suggesting Do you know what's awesome in buffalo hmm. the anchor bar where wings were invented the anchor bar yeah is awesome i i can imagine i mean there's good wing places everywhere though there's good wing places everywhere. the anchor bar is it's more of a nostalgia thing you know and you're like oh these wings are so great because it's like where wings were invented i bet you i could find better wings somewhere else but it's just like the whole nostalgia about going there you know it's like going to Permanis, and the only one to go to is the Strip District. The second location available is Market Square. Other than that, the rest of them, they shut the bed, in my eyes. Mm. Sometimes it's fun to go to the one in Oakland. Eh, when Just for, like, old times' sake. When you're really drunk in Oakland at Hemingway's and, last time, last time, Last time I went to the Oakland Permanis was, was with a wedding party, including the bride and groom. So, like, you know, it's it's fun to, like, yeah. climb, up, climb up on that, like sketchy ass loft that they have in a wedding dress like i bet that was a great moment for for you know my friend on her special day there it is but um and her new husband's like yeah baby oh yeah you know we're all yinzers yeah totally you know, no nobody gets married in oakland unless they're at least like one one party is total yinzers well speaking of oakland we got the university of pittsburgh um nice segue steve yeah totally um that's like the best. That's the best assist that you're gonna hear about in this college basketball exactly. segment. Exactly, because you know what, uh, our Pitt Panthers are not doing so well. I can say right now with pretty good security in saying this that they're not gonna make the tournament. What the NCAA tournament? Yeah. No, of course not. Can you can you miss the the ACC tournament, <laughs> or does everyone go? Everyone goes. Everyone goes. Okay, so we're still going to be in some postseason basketball. We're going to have one we have game. Postseason basketball to look forward to. They might have that international league tournament that they won that they, one they year. They can't. What, the CBI? Yeah. Yeah, they had that. They won. The, 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 what was it? The last, one of the last two years that Jamie Dixon was here, they won that? The, yeah, the CBI. It was, um, you know, good for them. Uh, but we'll, Eclipsed by Penn State winning the NIT like around the same time. Right. But other than that, great. Yeah. Uh, so, Pitt basketball is 0-11 in the ACC conference. They're 8-16 and overall. Now, keep in mind, they are starting five freshmen. This is definitely not the Fab Five. Nope. Um, they do have two games this week at Clemson, and they're home to Louisville. Uh, now, Louisville's not the powerhouse they used to be, but they're still Louisville, and they still have a bunch of uh, Rick Pitino's recruits mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot, even though Rick Pitino is no longer the coach, and I don't know that he'll ever coach again in the NCAA. <laughs> I I can't put anything past the NCAA. They're one of the most corrupt organizations in the world next to FIFA. Next to FIFA. And then the Olympic Committee. Uh, but then... <laughs> well, and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Go ahead, Matt. So, spill your madness about FIFA. We'll get to that later because I, I have know, a soccer I don't have segment any madness for you. About FIFA right now. I have a soccer. I have a soccer segment for you. I saw that. Um, so, honestly, you know what? I think Pitt. Okay, Stallings. I don't know how proven of a coach he is. He's been to the tournament once or twice, but you know he he doesn't seem like he has a handle on what he's doing. Now, when it comes to college sports, you got to give a guy, I think, a minimum of three years, and his max is six. If he doesn't do shit, then then you go and get him gone. But here's what I think would be awesome. If Pitt called up Rick Pitino and called up the NCAA and said, hey, what shit is he looking at, and how long is it going to be till he can do it, or if we bring him in, what's, what's our ramifications? You know what? No other top organization, or top organization, top college program, is even thinking about touching Rick Pitino right now. No, no, no. No. That's crazy. Like, first of all, like, just the fact that, like, I'd have to look at signs that say, like, P-I-T-T, like, hyphen Tino, <laughs> is enough to make me not want that to happen. <laughs> That's Put a, aside, dude, I didn't even think of step, that. That's step a great back sign. from all of the soul-selling and, like, devil-packed signing that you would be doing. And, yes, Rick Pitino is also Al Pacino's character from that Scary Lawyer movie with all the Satan. What's that movie? Oh. Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. So, like, don't even tell me, like, that we're not, you know, it's not, it's not going to help us to, like, hire a crypt keeper to be our basketball coach. Just, like, repeat this. Like, this is your mantra. It's not going to help us to hire the crypt keeper to fix pit basketball. That's a bad slogan. I'm going to workshop it a little, but, like, you get my point. Like, I get your we're not point. hiring Patino. Like, I, I hear what you're saying about letting Stallings have a chance, but, I mean, his employers can be patient, but the media's on the guy, you know, Dude, alumni's on the, on the guy, fans don't seem to be showing up, students don't care, and that's not a good recipe no. for a rebuild, you know? Like, they you used to, to be able to have, you and, used to be able to not get a pit basketball ticket, now they're giving them away. I just, like, I, I'm sure he's a good guy, and I bet you he'll catch on somewhere else. And be a really good coach, but this is just a bad atmosphere, and it, it he stepped into a terrible situation. He did. He stepped and into... the reason, the, the rationale behind his hiring was that he was a good recruiter because he could get good players to Vanderbilt, which is like an academic school and not like a big basketball power. All right, so what about bringing in a, a pick guy like Brandon Knight or... Orlando Antigua. Or, Orlando Antigua. I still see him around, you know. Like I don't, I'm not sure what he's doing now. You can't miss the dude. But <laughs> I, I just saw him. I've been watching a lot of basketball, and I, I saw him on a sideline the other day, and I was like, hey, he's still coaching. He should coach. Um, Sean Miller, you know, he's a pit guy. Yeah. I think Sean Miller's like, you know, he's he's climbing the ladder to a point where What's, he doesn't uh... have to do pit. Like he could do. You know, something better than Pitt. What what's 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 the Dewan Blair doing? Can he come back and be an assistant and, and get? He's and, too young. I don't think he's got wow. that much. I don't I'm know not, if he's coaching anywhere. Or if he's, still I don't know if he's coaching anywhere. Or, if he's still trying to play, but I mean, what about Vontigo Cummings? You want to just start naming guys who used to play for Pitt? Who you think might might coach? Well, but like, Blair Chevy Troutman, a, Julius Page, Chevy Troutman, Julius Page. You know, Levance Field, Sam Young, Curtis Aiken. <laughs> You Dick, know. Dick Grote can do the color analyst job like by himself. Like let Curtis A can be the coach. I don't know. Jerome Lane. 
That'd be fun. Wow. Just just backboard, to hear like Bill backboard Bill breaker. <laughs> a backboard breaker. I don't know. Um, you know who's a guy who's who's working not too far from campus? Who's pretty well established basketball coach in his own right. You know where I'm going with this? Somebody from Central coach Catholic Chuck High Tony School. From Central Catholic. <laughs> Who had me in basketball camp when I was like 11, and he's still there. And also, you've been the same size since you were 11. So yeah. couldn't dunk then, and I can't dunk now. <laughs> so uh, if you go down Fifth Avenue a little bit, you have Duquesne University. Their basketball program is actually pretty decent this, this year. The A-10 is tight. Uh, they are 6-5 and five in the conference. Um, they are six and five in the conference. They're tied for third right now. They they could easily be like you seven and four. Yeah, like they could be. You know, they they, I saw they, they dropped the game. Well, it could be more than that. Like I've seen at least two times that they've been on TV. Cause they've that's been on great. TV twice. They've been on TV, and they were, they were close games. Um, you know, they won one and they and they lost one. Um, and then I'm I'm sure like a couple games that I didn't see that were also close were, you know easy opportunities um it's it's tough because it's duquesne and like you don't want to lose that momentum their basketball program had a had a big issue a couple years ago and they had to rebuild from that they're actually coming off of that and this is Um, good but like so they they, like i know that their coach keith dambrot does not want to like get complacent and just say like oh like being 500 in the a10 is better than like losing every game because like they they were onto something big and you know, like they've had a couple tough losses recently, but they they need to keep it going. Um, you know, don't don't count anything out about the season. Like there's still a tournament for them to play in. Yeah, they and they, they, they could they, make they a can... run. They could still, as far as well, like Pittsburgh hoops go right now, they still I think are our best shot to get into. Well, the tournament well, here's year. the thing: is is you know with the small conferences like the A10 and with Bobby Moan and Northeast Conference, they have to win their tournament to mm-hmm. get a bid, and they go in as a 15 or 16 seed if they're lucky, a 14. Um, they also could end up getting a playing game too if they come real close to winning their tournament. Uh, they, they they have the option to maybe get a playing game as well. Uh, now this week coming up, uh, Duquesne does have Dayton and Fordham, and I can't remember which one they go to. I think they go to Dayton and they're home to Fordham, but don't hold me to that. Uh, speaking of other, I'm not, basket- I'm not planning to travel with them. No, I'm not. If to I was, I would hold you to that because I'd be pissed if I wound up in Dayton and there was nothing going on. <laughs> there's not never going on in Dayton. Well, there's uh, like, you know, there's a couple good breweries. Uh, now you get on a little further down 376, and you got Bobby Moe out there in Moon Township. Uh, they are tied for third in the Northeast Conference. Um, they do have St. Francis and LIU Brooklyn this week, and uh, they go to LIU Brooklyn. St. Francis is here, uh, and where Bobby Moe's playing that game, it's either at the Palumbo Center or the arena, depending on how their schedule shakes out, because their arena is under construction, and so Her forth. Duquesne is going to probably have some renovations, too, Yeah, in the next couple of years. Yeah, next couple of years, they should have got... The, did they haven't touched the Palumbo Center since we were kids? <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if they touched Palumbo Center since they built it. Um, the last time I was in the Palumbo Center was for um, a concert. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the band, but they're actually a pretty big band. And I can't remember the name of them right now. I and, saw Wilco there in, like, 2007. Nice. And that's the last time I've been to the Palumbo Center. Nice. But Bobby Moe's not looking too bad. I mean... 
you know, they they got a shot in the Northeast Conference. That's not a super strong. They're conference. All, they're always a contender. They're always a contender. Uh, in recent years, they've they've been Pittsburgh's representative in the uh, in the tournament. I remember a couple years ago standing in line at the St. Bernard's Fish Fry. Ooh, what, watching a Bobby Mo game from the NCAA tournament. No, it, yeah. was, it was like a six thirty tip off, and I was like, "Well, that's like fish fry time. I hope they have the game on." And like, sure enough, they did. And what wasn't? Uh, what was it? Uh, two thousand and I'm trying to think where I was living. So DC. So two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven. That year, Pitt was uh, Pitt went as a number one seed, and they were ranked number two in the nation going into the tournament. They were ranked number one earlier in the year, and then they. They they were ranked number one for like a week, and they but they finished the season number two in the nation. That was the Dewan Blair, Levance Field, mm-hmm. Sam Young, all that. Uh, Pitt went in as a number one seed. Uh, Duquesne went in as a fifteen, and Bobby Moe went in as a sixteen. Mm. So you had all three local colleges, and, and West Virginia I think snuck in there as like a thirteen. Mm. Uh, I didn't look at West Virginia this week. I know they've been falling. They're still in the top twenty five, but they're not. They were as high as number two this year so far. I think the last I looked, they were about 15. Um, they just won a big game against Oklahoma, though, um, last night. So yeah, I didn't see that. The, la- the last time I saw them uh, was that uh, Kentucky game. Yeah, so the last time looked, I actually paid attention they, they, uh, was that Kentucky game. They look bad. Kentucky, though. like What's up with Kentucky this year? I watched them tonight. It's Tuesday we're recording, and I, they just played Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what they do? They, they they lost. They lost. They lost. It was um, it was a back and forth like exciting good college basketball game, but like you know that's I what felt happens weird because when you... I, I was rooting for Tennessee because like you just think like oh you don't you can't root for Kentucky but like Tennessee's actually ranked well, higher than Kentucky. Well, that's what happens when you run a one and done program. Yeah, it's uh, gotta you're, be you're, tough. You're gonna get lucky and you're gonna get unlucky. Right now he he might just have five NBA like guys who can't play together. And that yeah, might yeah. be the problem. Yeah. You know? Or or he might have some guys that he, you know, maybe thought would develop faster than they have. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's got to be tough. Like, I'm not I'm not having, like, a pity party for Coach Cal. No, neither it's am gotta, I. It's got to be tough to coach a one-and-done team like that and, like, know that, like, well, this year is what it is and I don't, so, I don't so get a chance to, like, build anything with this. Coach Cal coached the pit way back in the day. You mm-hmm. think they could ever get him to come back? Or do you think he'd go back to Clarion first, where he actually went and where he played and where he and so forth? I mean, he could go to Clarion and get like the absolute best Division Two athletes that you could get your hands on. <laughs> but like, if he goes to Pitt, like he's gonna have to settle for like second tier Division One talent. I mean, compared to like Kentucky. True, it is. I mean, Coach Cal started his career coaching a Pitt. Actually, I think he might have started coaching Bobby Moe, but... No, I mean, that's probably, like... You know, I... He rode his bike to there from, like, his parents' house when yeah. he was 17 or something. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, did, I, I did watch the ESPN 30 for 30, the uh, one and not done, and mm-hmm. that's where I got that information from. Um, so, kind of pulling out of my ass and kind of not. Yeah, uh, you're doing the work. You know. Uh, so, that's enough about basketball right now. Now, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Because um, PGA Tour is on. And I know a lot of people are like, you watch fucking golf, that's annoying, that's boring. Da, da, da. It's like, you, you know what? It, it's To me, it's not. Matt, I've known you to sit down and watch some tournaments. Um, you I and did. I, I, watched, I watched on Saturday because yeah. like, I was 
just sitting down to start my and work. that's a great tournament to watch the, the, on, the stadium course mm-hmm. over in phoenix was awesome uh gary woodland won that tournament that's his first I didn't watch win any in on five Sunday. years thing i like just kind of it just wasn't on my radar. What with it being Super Bowl Sunday, right? I mean, yeah, they, they, this this the stadium course usually falls right around Super mm-hmm. Bowl weekend. But Saturday um, was cool to watch. Yeah, the, you know, I watched I watched everybody that, finishing up. That's and, where Ricky Fowler kind of fell. You know uh, what I was thinking, and I'm sure that like the greenskeepers would hate this idea, but you know what they should do? They should play a basketball game there. They should just like put down like a stage. And like lay like a basketball court on it, and like put play a like basketball an, out, an outdoor game. Put a basketball court on the sixteenth green. Yeah, like <laughs> so, like all that seating they have there, and like oh yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, oh, like basketball like, game. On you know, they they play it on an aircraft carrier. Down. They they play it on an aircraft carrier for the troops, and then they tried to play like that Pitt Gonzaga game in Okinawa, and yeah. like they had to like abandon the match because like the the uh, you know the floor got all sweaty. Well, you know where you don't have to worry about that? <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona. Arizona. So, uh, last week, we, we were talking about the stadium course. It's a phenomenal course. Uh, if you've never watched uh, a loud, obnoxious, over-the-top golf match, that's the one to watch because it's loud, it's obnoxious, it's over-the-top. Nobody's quiet. The guys are on the tees hitting balls, and the crowd's going nuts. Uh, you know, it... it you know, think of Billy Madison. The whole Billy Madison movie, think of it. You think of Happy Gilmore? Uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. To, I, am yeah. more, I am more than okay with thinking about Billy Madison. Right. So like, Sorry, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> you reversed it the other day. I did You did that, reverse man. it last... You, no, 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 no. I was, I was you were talking thinking about Bobby the Boucher, water boy. The water boy. Yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler, you do so many great movies. We just all get them all in there. Um, but no, so uh, yeah, Gary Woodland did win. It was his first win in five years on the tournament. Uh, Phil Lefty Mickelson, uh, he tied. He was tied for uh, fifth, uh, also with Bryson DeChambeau, who is a super up and comer uh, on the PGA Tour. This is his first full season um, as a professional. He played last year in the Masters as a uh, amateur, and then the following week is when he turned pro. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, if you don't know, uh, he has all his clubs cut the same length. So his, except his woods, but his, his irons are all cut the same length. Um, that's some, hey, golfers are weird. weird. Golfers are weird. I'm I didn't weird. Know you could do that. Yeah. I don't know what the length so like, is. I always like, I'm always like, yeah, like I, I'm not as good with the long irons. So I like practice like hitting my like five iron and my three iron when I go to the driving range. Right. And you're telling me I could just like chop it off and like just just hit my driver when I go out practicing? I, I mean, well, he doesn't have his driver and his woods the same length. No, but I but mean, the like, I'm fine with the wood. It's the long irons, like you know, if you hit it fat. Oh yeah. It stings and the ball doesn't go very far, and you're like, why didn't I just like? Or if you hit it, why thin, didn't I just hit a three wood off the tee on a par three? Yeah. Or if you hit it, or if you <laughs> hit it thin, it slices to the right and everything else. Um, so. Here's what's fun is they're on their West Coast swing right now, which Doing is a awesome. West Coast swing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're playing this week at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's a fun tournament to watch. Um, you're going to have... If you like Bill Murray, have I got a tournament for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm just pulling up right here. Your Roethlisberger playing this year? 
let's see. We have notables. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got voted to be the best uh, pro football player. Uh, honorable mentions, wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Tony Romo, Washington quarterback Alex Smith. Ooh, um, Romo could win this tournament. Yeah, best. Uh, yeah. Well, I just saw that Romo got an exception, an exemption to play in a PGA Tour event this year, barring sponsorship. Didn't he like play like a Web.com event? Yeah, he did. He's uh, he's he's tried to play the U.S. Open a handful of times mm-hmm. on, on going through the qualifiers. Because they're talking they're talking about that before he ended up going to CBS. Yes. You know? So, all right, here it is. Like, be- I really love it, golf. It is voted best athlete overall non-pro golfer to play in this event is Wayne Gretzky. Now, here's the kicker. Wayne Gretzky gets to play with Dustin Johnson. For those of you who don't know, is... Dustin Johnson is soon to be Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law. Which him is awesome. And, him and Paulina are engaged and have a beautiful baby. Right. Um, Which is awesome. It is. Uh, let's see. Also, honorable mention is Kelly Slater, pro surfer. He's also uh, playing as well as World Series winner Justin Verlander. Oh man, um, that's now that's got that's got to feel good. You have let's see, uh, yeah, uh, Darius Rucker um, and Justin Timberlake are playing. Toby Keith uh, is playing. Uh, Clay Walker, Colt Ford, Rascal Flatts, lead guitarist Joe Don. Uh, Guitar Joe Don Rooney, uh, Lady Antebellum, Charles Cayley, uh, Pat Monahan, Huey Lewis, <laughs> Pat Monahan from Train. Yeah, nice. You know, I think I think Timberlake. I, I I'm Timberlake's about a hell of a psyche. golfer. He's a hell of a golfer, but he's getting hammered. He only he only he's getting killed for his performance at halftime. Like, <laughs> well, and his new album is like a flop. And just hey, people, part of people, his new just, not bad. people. Well, I haven't even heard it. I'm just, I'm just going on like what I've read, and like, um, you know, people are panning this and panning that, and like maybe, maybe Timberlake comes out and tears up the course to like prove all the haters wrong, you know, or or maybe he's, you know, maybe he's starting to question some things. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. he's having like a, you know, like a quarter life crisis. I don't know. <laughs> How about and then of course Bill Murray, who is going to play. Um, which is awesome, Bill I mean, Murray. I ever watching? I heard he met the llama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met the llama. <laughs> you know, he'll have total consciousness. Hey, that's not a bad thing, you know. Uh, also, you have um, Ray Romano, who's not a bad golfer himself. Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, nice. Alfonso Ribeiro. If is he, he good at golf? He's a hell of a golfer, dude. Does he do his dance like when he nails a putt? Uh, he, like, he's been known to break out the dance once or twice. Yeah, that's cool. I see how uh, that. Like the- Kelly Robach, um, Chris Harrison, and Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Is he going to play in like a sleeveless top? He usually does. Good. good. Camo. I mean, he it's does cam- have the right to bear arms. It, 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 it's, a, it's a camo yeah. button down with no sleeves, I believe. That's good. This is what he plays in. I like sleeveless golf. I'm a big fan. I mean, most of the time, you just play a t-shirt. Sun's <laughs> out, guns out, man. Yeah, right? Sun's out, guns out. But no, so this start is this taping weekend. my shirts like softball players this year. <laughs> and if a ranger's like, sir, you can't play with bare biceps at this course, I'll be like, oh, check out my Pirates t-shirt. So for those of you that are any interest in golf whatsoever, check it out. These are some fun tournaments to watch right now. Um, and they've and the uh, uh, PGA has flip-flopped around some tours. There's no more Doral um, tournament. No. There's no more Doral while Trump's in office. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, 
He was going to have it in Mexico? Well, yeah. They're holding it and, in Mexico. And they canceled it? No, they're holding it in Mexico. But they're not calling it it's the Doral. It's not the Doral. It's, it's the Mexican National Open or something. Yeah. Um. So, while Trump's in office, I don't know if the P- PGA isn't boycotting it. It's probably a conflict of interest mm. um, of something. So, there's no Doral tournament, I guess, while Trump's in office. Whatever. Who cares um, about Trump's office right now? Um, I mean, a lot of people should care, but we're not going to talk about it here. We talk about sports. Um, Matt, soccer news? Yeah, Steve. I um, for those for those of you who saw the uh, live podcast on Sunday, I I showed up in my Eagles jersey, which is Crystal Palace. Um, they're also the Eagles. They they were it playing like a strip club. It it does. It's a great name. Um, actually, the they are named after an exhibition hall that was built for the World's Fair in 1851, and it was like a giant like glass building, kind of like PPG Tower. Okay. You know, so like a, a writer and he was kind of like making fun of it and he called it the Crystal Palace and like the first Crystal Palace team would it consisted of the groundskeepers from that facility like all all the teams are sort of like I mean they're basically like company teams back in the day um, so anyway they're still kicking they're they're in South London now and um, they they played Newcastle on Sunday uh, they played them to a one one draw which was what they needed it would have been a disaster to lose would have been a lot better to win. Um, the highlight of the game was probably not shown on NBC because American networks don't like to show streakers. But there was a guy who ran out on the field in like the second half, and this security guard had one of the best open field tackles I've seen all year. And I'm not talking like <laughs> a sliding soccer tackle. I'm talking like running, Lower wrapping shoulder, the guy up, get him, putting the shield, get him. Yeah, definitely. Um. A, a network in Sweden actually telestrated the guy showing how, like, what he needed to do was, like, jump cut to the right. <laughs> but instead, he, like, you know, thought he could just outrun the security guard in the, like, last, like, 10 that's yards one thing of about, closing That's velocity. one thing about European soccer is, like, there's streakers, there's hooligans, there's fights, there's, like... They've actually played soccer to empty stadiums. Sure, yeah. Uh, because they're like, no, we're not. You know, like, well, what's the big one? Is it Man U and Chelsea? That's that's one. That's you know, I mean, I don't know. That's that big anymore. Because the empty stadium, like the best stadium bands are like Italy has had some good ones because like in Italy, like they throw flares. Oh God! Like that's not so much a thing in England anymore, but like, um, like that kind of stuff. Or like there was an international game between like two countries that kind of hate each other like it was like albania and like serbia or macedonia i forget which one but anyway like these are countries that like actually fight about like where the border is you know (laughs) like we we fight about the borders in this country but at least we like have like a consensus on like where the border is yeah it's just cut off by a river yeah these these countries are like constantly arguing about it and like they had like somebody fly a drone over the game in like the 60th minute carrying like a flag you know that like had a picture of the map that was bigger than it should have been and everybody rioted so they they had to finish that behind closed doors like you don't have that as much in the premier league like there's 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 nonsense but it's it's not as bad like england had its issues with hooliganism in the 80s and they really had to crack down and like make it a safer experience for people um so uh what about local soccer local soccer we got riverhounds um preseason starting on saturday they are playing spring arbor university 
at Highmark Stadium. They play a lot of college teams for the first few weeks of um, preseason. Okay. Um, there's, I mean, they're regional teams. Like they, they play St. Bonaventure. Um, who else? Now, soccer is that one of those ones where they'll play like two games a month? No, they play every week. They do it sometimes play every week? twice a week. Um, okay. Like there's there's separate tournaments that take place during the regular season. Like there's the Open Cup. Which which will be like on a Wednesday night, and like the, the Riverhounds might get to play a team from MLS, depending on how far they advance, and that that can be like a big deal for them. They'll definitely like sell out. Like they played DC United a couple years ago, at Station Square. I thought they played them at Three River or not Three Rivers, Heinz uh, Field. No, no, I don't think the Riverhounds have ever played at Heinz Field. Um, they've but they've got basically like all their preseason games are at home. Until like they play Pitt, and like the, I think it's like the fourth or fifth preseason game they play Pitt at Pitt, up up on the hill at Ambrose Urbanic Complex. That's pretty nice. If you haven't been by there, like it's baseball and soccer field. Yeah, it's up, up behind up. the old trees hall. Yeah. Um. So they play there, and then they they play they do play uh, their in-state rivals Bethlehem, and Penn, which is what Harrisburg is calling themselves now, which is stupid. Um. But so they've got preseason games against Bethlehem and Penn, and those are like their final tune-ups for the, the real regular season. Um, but you know, but it's around the corner. They're they're playing Akron, which is a pretty good soccer team. Um, Akron's coach a few years ago was um, shoot, I can't remember his name, but he's he's the head coach in Portland now, Caleb something, and and he took Akron to like the NCAA championship. Right on. It's the only you know, major championship that Akron won that I can remember. Um, the, the soccer at Akron's really good. DeAndre Yedlin, who plays in the English Premier League, is an alum of Akron and a member of the U.S. national team. Um, so I, I saw him this weekend. And then, you know, right right now, like, it's Champions League's going to be starting up in February, which is, like, the best teams in Europe. It's, like, the knockout round. So, you know, if you're home early from work on a, you know, Thursday or well, on a, on Tuesday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, basically, is, is when they play, like, European matches. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and also Crystal Palace not getting relegated out of the Premier League, because if that happens, then I don't get to watch them on TV anymore. So they, they need to at least finish no less than 17th out of 20 to avoid that, and it's going to be tight. We're we're awaiting a press conference with some possibly devastating injury news. All right, you ready to get mad again? Yeah, talk about it. So NFL news. Uh, Patricia, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Pats, signs with the Lions to be a head coach. Josh McDaniels gets named head coach of the Colts, and then turns it down. They were gonna like introduce him like tomorrow and some shit. It's more, yeah, like, and they're like, we're gonna name Josh McDaniels head coach, and he comes back and says, "Nope, I'm cool. I'm gonna stay offensive coordinator up in New England." Now, did you get a chance to watch the thirty for thirty on the two Bills? I didn't. It was great. I watched it uh, last night. Um, I caught up on it finally, and there was a lot of animosity between Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. Whatever. They kind of split up and went to the Jets thing, and then that's where like the NFL office was tampering with the coaches because Parcells was, of course, they were with the Giants. It goes back to they were together in college, mm-hmm. Colorado. Then 
went to the Giants together, and then they went to New England together. Then they went to the Jets together, and then Belichick went back to New England. That's whenever he got well. And they, well, he went to Cleveland for a while, and then they got back together in New England. And then after Cleveland went moved to Baltimore, got back together in New England. Then they went to the Jets together, and then Parcells went back or stayed with the Jets, and then Belichick went back to. Um, New England, and then there was like a lot of animosity between the two. Um, kind of same thing with Parcells and Eric Mangini. Uh, Parcel or uh, Belichick, or, uh, Belichick brought Eric Mangini up from a ball boy with Cleveland. Um, and that's a lot of dropped passes, folks. Yeah, right. That's a lot of balls um, to be chasing down. But so he brought him up from a ball boy to Mangini was a head coach. And, but Belichick... Mangini was also in an episode of Sopranos. That is true. So, imagine that, being a Cleveland Browns ball boy and working your way up to a walk-on role in, like, one of the best primetime dramas in the history of cable. Yes. And, but, so there was a lot of animosity between Belichick and Mangini, and now those two don't talk at all. Um, but, so I mean, is that that much of a loss... Eh, not having to talk well, to Belichick They were, like, anymore. really good friends, and, like, their kids were, like, Fair named enough. after... <clears throat> other people in the family and stuff um so do you think mcdaniels is like huh i like belichick or could this be mcdaniels being the heir apparent to belichick that's what i think because daniels has been there since 2001 and has worked his way up to be offensive coordinator I'm thinking that this might be the heir apparent aspect of it. I do you think losing the Super Bowl like changed Bill Belichick's uh, footing with, uh, with Bob Kraft and like the rest of the organization? The, do you do you think it like if he had won the Super Bowl like they would have like you know signed him up for like another ten years? They're not gonna sign him for another ten years. No, but I'm, but I'm saying like, years old. is there a perception that like Belichick is like vulnerable now in his job? security because he's well here's the thing he's lost more super bowls than like a lot of teams have been to (laughs) i mean they've been to eight they've won five uh belichick was a coach not the head coach whenever they lost the one to green bay right uh he was uh, he was a defensive coordinator but he's he's lost twice to the giants and once to the eagles so the nfc east if you play the new england patriots you're gonna win so uh that might be the redskins only hope (laughs) <laughs> there it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, Belichick's getting up there. Brady's 41. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Brady says, I'm still playing. I want to keep playing. And at some point in time, somebody's going to have to sit him down and be like, you're done. And when Brady leaves, Belichick leaves. And then McDaniels is there to, what, try to put it back together? Uh, maybe. I mean, they have a great system up there. It's their system that runs. I mean, you saw when Brady went down. Uh, how many years ago now was it when he went down after week one getting his knee broke? They plugged in Matt Castle and yeah. and he went nuts. Uh, when Brady was suspended for four games, I mean they went three and one on that series. Uh, they they were thinking they were gonna they were hoping for two and two. Uh-huh. I mean they went three and one and it's a system. They have a system and and listen to all these guys on ESPN and and on every other uh, radio station, Twitter and all that. Uh, the Patriot way is not necessarily a good way. Yeah, it's the, the Belichick way. It's the Belichick way. It's his way or the highway, which mean you know. Why which means maybe... if you're the heir apparent, like you can't get that much input on like what kind of personnel he's going to leave you. Yeah, there's that. You know, 
And you if know? he's gonna, if the quarterback's gone because like you know, he retires, they they traded Jimmy Garoppolo for yeah, they trade you know and Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> and Jacoby Brissett was probably maybe gonna be the quarterback in Indy next year. And that's my other thing is like maybe McDaniel's found out something about Andrew Luck that like suggests Luck's just like done, you know? Uh, and, and he then had he, was he like, had Screw he it. had that surgery that um, took. Uh, who was the quarterback that had it with the Jets? Um, I want to say it was Vinny Testaverde. It might okay. It might have been Pennington that yeah you know, had that that wicked shoulder surgery that was you know kept him out well over a year. It was either Pennington or Testaverde. Pennington because he like like the knock on Pennington was that he had like no uh, distance on his throws. Well, and then I mean his, it was well, just like permanently weakened. Well, by, like, Peyton Manning like, had that issue with the whole neck surgery issues, yeah. and they said that he was throwing up one wing ducks and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and they still managed to win a Super Bowl. Uh, well, that was that defense helped him out. Mm-hmm. On that the one. defense was huge. Was that, and, like, that, 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 that game was just whenever whenever Manning went and went to the Super Bowl with Denver. That that was all that defense. Um, here's another thing that's gonna make you mad. Major League Baseball news. Um, I'm so zen about the Pirates right now. So, so the only big signing was Frazier uh, up to the Mets. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't care. You know what bothers me? They're going to retire Barry Bonds' number in San Francisco. I'm not surprised by that, are you? They're doing it while the Pirates are in town. <laughs> while Andrew McCutcheon's playing center field. Or maybe left. We don't know yet. Isn't that, like, right, though? I mean, those are his two teams. You know? I mean, like, I, I, may, I don't know. Like, do you think they're trying to troll us? I I, I think a little bit they are. Uh, I think it's, they, they just picked that because it's the two teams that Barry Bonds played for. He played for the Pirates. You know, he, he won, like, three National League championships with the Pirates. He never won a World Series with San Francisco. He no, he won, didn't. He, he went won, to a World he won, Series. He won the MVP for the Pirates. I mean, his Pirates days were a big part of his career. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm choosing not to get offended by that. I, I, I think it's a little bit of a troll move that you're going to retire Barry Bonds' number uh, in San Francisco while the Pirates are in town. I, it's I in August. Um, when they retire Yager's number, like, do you think they'll do it when like the Rangers or the Capitals are here? Like, how many teams has Yager that? played for? Well, it's hard to pick. You can't have them all. <laughs> yeah, you can't have them all. I mean, I guess we could do like an All Star style like three on three tournament and have like a Yager night. <laughs> you know, the Scott- like Calgary. We're gonna yeah. need your three best skaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the traveling Yagers will be in town now. Oh, that, those guys. Those guys will be. You know what? Fun. Like, I got around for those guys. Yeah. I would buy those guys around yeah. if I ran into them in a bar. That's dedication. Um, yeah. Especially the one who wears a Boston jersey because like, you just got to not care what people think of you at all if you're going to dress like that. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my baseball news. It, 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 it tweaks me a little bit, but not to the point where I'm like, fuck you. I mean, mm. it tweaks me a little bit, but I mean, that's it. Um, I don't know. I read that article today and they're like, yeah. And it, and it was a local sports writer that wrote says, you know, I mean, so they're gonna retire Barry Bonds, his number, in San Francisco, while Andrew McCutcheon's playing outfield for him. So you're gonna have now San Francisco has the Pirates' two best faces of the franchise since 1979. So yeah. I mean, I mean, I when, when Willie Starger retired, he was it's last not, like face of the franchise. So. I can't sit here and like, 
you know, do an episode several weeks ago where we just blame Bob Nutting for everything and blame the pirates and call them cheap and then turn around and say that, like, San Francisco is, like, doing this on purpose. Like, the only reason San Francisco got McCutcheon is because the pirates are cheap. Yeah. And the only reason they got Barry Bonds is because the pirates were cheap in the Barry 90s. Bonds signed his way out of here. He was an unrestricted free agent. And Barry and... Bonds had issues with Jim Leland. Yeah. Um, Barry Bonds was not the most well-liked player on the team. Nope. He, he was just the best. I can tell you as a kid, which kind of pissed everybody off, when we were kids, we went to Three River Stadium, and after the game, we our parents would let us go down, depending on what time the game got over and if it was a school night or not, as if we got to go hang out underneath Gate A. Because mm-hmm. that's where the players came out and the opposing team's buses went. And we'd go hang out underneath Gate A, and the players would come out, and, be like, and we'd all stand there on the, little, uh, on, on the curb there, and they had us on the sawhorses, and we get the players to sign. And, and, you know, whatever mom had in her purse, you know, whatever it was a ball, an envelope, you know, whatever you had, you got signed. You know, sitting there with a pen. Bobby Bonilla walked out the one day with a army duffel bag. And he said, hey, I'll be back in sign. Let me get to my car. Because out to the car, he throws the stuff in. He comes back out and he had about four broken bats that he just, like, signed and handed off to people. Whoever was, like... First, he just put them out into the crowd. Whoever grabbed them, grabbed them. Kind of sort of melee, but, you know, Chico Lean. I will remember that dude with that red Jaguar XJS with the number 13 license plate. <laughs> was he wearing pants? <laughs> the last time he was seen, no. But whenever in the 90s, he did. Because um, on school night, you know. Vance, Vance, Lake would, <laughs> Vance Lake would come out and sign everything. I sat next to Vance Lake in traffic at the light at the Spickley Bridge on a high river boulevard. I sat next to him in traffic, and I looked out the car window as a pastor. It's a little kid. I'm, uh, you know, I was in my early teens. Looked over, I was like, "That's Andy Vance Lake." My mom's like, "No, it isn't." She goes, "No, that's Andy Vance Lake." Rolled down the window, and I was like, "Hey!" And I got to sign the, like, you know, rolled down the window when he actually rolled down the window. Mm. And he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm like, "No bad." I was like, "Hey, I don't know how long this light's gonna last. Can you sign this?" And I just passed over in traffic. Was it like the owner's manual? <laughs> no, it was like, again, it was an envelope my mom had in her purse. <laughs> you know, sorry, Sunoco, you're not getting paid this month because anybody's <laughs> like, sign the envelope. Sign these Foodland coupons. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, yeah, Barry Bonds, I mean, he worked his way out of here, but I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't like piss me off. It just kind of irks me a little bit. But uh, speaking of that, we're going to go ahead and take a break and we're going to come back and talk about happy things. Happy things. Happy things happen in Pittsburgh. Not sports? Yeah. No, it is sports and it's happy things. Okay. All right. All right. Here's a little bit from Sorgatron Media and we're going to come back and talk about happy things. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, we're back, and we're going to talk about happy things, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'd say bittersweet, man. Uh, it, it was happy. I was happy. I was happy to see Flurry back. I was happy to see him make some really good saves. I was happy to see him get his ring. I watched those videos all afternoon whenever he was in the office with Mario and Rutherford and all that, and they gave him his ring, and, and Mario was kind of choked up, like, you know, thank you mm. for everything. And, you know, Rutherford was like, hey, you know, and it was kind of one of those – 
they're, they they were upset they had to make that decision. They wanted to keep him as a penguin, and it just got to, you know, age and money over top of youth and a little cheaper. Yeah. Um, and it happens with that with every team, especially with salary caps and, you know, everything else, and free agency and whatnot. It's hard to keep a core. I'm surprised that the Pens have been able to keep fucking Crosby and Malkin together as long mm. as they have. You know, and then they had Kessel and they had Fleury and like and Latang. You're like, how the fuck are they affording this shit? Yeah. Um, what what's it like? Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Fleury, and what, Chris Kunitz. Yep. All those, three cups. Those are the that all all three. Everyone else, you know, some some with two, some with one. Most notably, Phil Kessel is a two time Stanley Cup champion. Hey. So are a lot of other guys, but. You know. Phil Kessel is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and he is so far undefeated in Stanley Cup championships in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and the the Penguins won tonight. Uh, they did. They five did to have four. five to four against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Flurry did have a nice long tribute, uh, which I watched online. I watched on um, from a friend of mine's. Facebook Live, I watched it through somebody on Twitter, I watched it through, um, I think it was Josh Yeo, mm. uh, and then I watched the one that the Pens actually put on the Pens Facebook page of the screen itself, it was just the, um, it was just a tribute, not everything going on in the arena. Uh, Flurry did shed some tears, mm. he, he gave everybody the big glove and tap against the heart, and the stick up and everything. Um, he's been he was in this town fourteen years. Yeah, you think about fourteen time. years. Yeah, as a freaking goalie. As long as like he was drafted before Crosby and before Malkin. He was mm-hmm. a two thousand three draft pick. Put it this way, like I, I know like Mark Madden loves to take credit for like being like the hockey you know, guru. He knew about Flurry and he like. You know, he wrote that column that the the Penguins should trade up and take the goalie in that draft because he's, like, special and he's something that you can build a contender and a champion out of. And he was right, and to his credit, he was right. But just to put in perspective how long Flurry was in this town, like, I remember reading that column on my parents' couch Mm -hmm. because I still lived with them. (laughs) Right. And I would read the sports page every morning in their house because that's where I lived, you know? I mean, and I've, you know... I have my own house now. It's been a lot of years, and Flurry's been a part of the Penguins through good and bad. Uh, it's a great story. Like they, they were terrible when they got him, or else they wouldn't have had a high pick. Um, yeah, three first-round no, draft picks, three they, years in a row. They had no other pieces to go with them. That's why like they needed to trade up to take a goalie, because, I mean, they didn't have a goalie. The Penguins but, but had three. But there was three... temptation to not trade up for a goalie, because they also needed every other type of player. The Penguins were the Cleveland Browns of hockey for a mm-hmm. lot of years. I mean, they traded up. They they didn't get the number one draft pick. They traded up to the number one draft pick to get Flurry. Mm-hmm. The next year, the ball bounced the right way, and they got Malkin. The year after that, the ball bounced the right way, and they got Crosby. Malkin and Crosby actually started together because of Malkin's tie-up with Russia and everything else like that. So they drafted Flurry in 03, Malkin in 04, and Crosby in 05. That was huge. I mean, I mean that's, a, that's a good run of picks. Um, Malkin or, wasn't or maybe a it was, one pick. Or maybe it was two, three, and four. I think it was two, three, and four. Um, I don't know. Minus 14 years off of fucking 17. There I is. don't know. Uh, but, 
you know, it was completely, completely ridiculous that Flurry spent 14 years between the, he didn't spend all 14 between the pipes. He was drafted, you know, he spent some time with Wilkes-Barre and whatnot. Yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot at all. Yeah. I mean, um, they needed him up here, you know. Um, I mean, it was it was great to see him come back. You know, the, the thing that impressed me, like, I, I didn't watch the ring ceremony, but, like, they, they did say on the broadcast how he wanted to have the ring ceremony, like, early so he could focus. On, on the game. On the yeah. game. Like, and I the mean, ring ceremony was five people. They could have gave him the ring, like, before the national anthem. And the place would have gone nuts. Oh, yeah. You know, but he's, he's a professional, and he wants to do his job, and he knows that, like, in order to get in the right frame of mind, like, he needs to get all his other stuff done. Yeah. And, like, show up to the rink on time and, you know, go through his routine. And it's, it's you know, the first time he ever had to do it in the um, the visiting locker room at the, the old paint bucket. Oh, yeah, the paint bucket. That's what we're calling it now. It sucks that they they got five goals on them. I I kind of wish the Pens had won like two. Well, you know what? Did you uh, you were? I was involved in the production of the broadcast, but I did not actually see right anything. You were you were telecasting, but I know that the goals were scored, but I have no idea like how, you know how how much like it had to do with defensive breakdowns and this and that. Like I know he made some big saves. Flurry made some really big saves. I mean, he 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 stopped Gensel on a breakaway. Gensel ended up scoring on him later. Um, but to, you didn't get to hear the arena. Um, I did. You, they did the whole, the tribute. They didn't go away from the, okay. Like they, they but the arena, we lost the commercial break in the first period. The um, arena was, was doing the flurry chant. I can't blame a him. lot of the game. I don't blame Especially him. after he'd make a big save. It's like the penguins are trying to score and trying to win a game. And Flurry makes the save. Yeah, he plays for the Vegas Golden Knights now, but the whole arena is going Flurry, Flurry, Flurry. I mean, I get it. He was well loved here. He's well loved here, but at some point, there's a lot of well loved players that have left Pittsburgh and have come back and played. Um, you know, some of the players have pissed people off along the way. I can't think uh, of one that's more loved than Flurry, though. Um, Yager was not a popular person by the time he left. No, um, Franco Harris. Did he ever play the Steelers? When I don't know did that he, he ever played play against. I, I don't I mean, know that he ever played against the Steelers. I have but. no idea, honestly. We'd we'd have to look that up. Um, but I mean, the Steelers yeah. are pretty good about like the peop- the ones that they let go. Like, don't really hurt them too much. Like Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson went, played went against Oakland. us with. Well, he played against us with New Baltimore. England. Baltimore. Wasn't he with New England too? Uh, I think Baltimore. Baltimore. He was with Baltimore. I, I don't know that he went to... I don't think he did one year in New England or not. I, I think it was just Oakland and Baltimore. Um, Cordell Stewart was the Bears in Baltimore. Um, I just think that we went through so much with Flurry because, like, the arc three of the cups. Penguins. Like, well, three cups, but because he came in when they were bad. Mm-hmm. And he helped them get back to a place where they were really good. But then they had a lot of trouble with... You know, he had some meltdowns in some playoff series. You know, there were some issues. Like, there was the whole, like, sports psychologist. I mean, we really we really suffered along with him. You know, and it don't wear those it... goddamn yellow pads. I, I mean, like the yellow pads. Yeah, man. but the yellow pads, that was the sports psychologist. The yellow pads, I mean, it, it's creating a target for the mm. puck. 
So whenever the yellow was there, everybody'd see the yellow, mm. and then they'd see where it was white or dark, and they'd go for those white or dark spots. You know that that I mean, that was the whole. He only had those yellow pads for a little bit of time, before they were like, "Nope, this has got to go." I don't know. It sounds like projecting, if you ask me. It's not. It's not Flurry's fault that like they shoot at his pads, man. You know, stop. Stop victim blaming. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm what just kind saying, of psychologist? It's like just, it's like it's your fault, man. Like you shouldn't wear that. Don't that's, wear the yellow pants. It's your fault. That's, that's that's bad. Um, but no, like I I just feel like there was, you know, flurry was just like he he just had this like he has this place in people's hearts because like he's like he's got a big personality. He's like he's quiet. He's a quiet guy, but he's always like willing to talk to the media. And he's honest about, like, what's going on. And, like, we, we've seen him be, like, despondent after losses. And we've seen him be, like, oh, happy, smiley after big wins. Um, and I just people just love the guy, you know? Because, like, a lot of people wrote him off and gave up on him. And then he came back and saved their season when Murray went down. I mean, I, I on a personal level, I've waited on him once. Um, I've seen him in public a handful of times. I've waited on him once. Um Amanda was out to dinner with her girlfriends one night and she was sitting at the table and her girlfriend like grabbed her arm like, oh my God. She's like, what? She goes, look who just sat down at the table across from us. And it was Flurry. And they respected his space and so forth. And on the way out, they just said, hey, great job. Have a good season. You know, didn't like hound him. I, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh, when you see the athletes out, and about you don't really hound them so much and yeah. don't get in and a lot of people don't get in their shit I mean me as the server and bartender I mean I wait on these guys all the time hey how you doing how's the family how's this how's that you know or you know I might say hey how a player he got screwed mm. you know something like that um, but I always keep it light it, it, they're people they just have a cooler job than I do and they make more money than I do that's yeah. all it is um, you know I had um a guy I used to know who lived around here. He doesn't anymore, but he he moved to Pittsburgh from Florida. Didn't know like anything about hockey, and he was a server at the Green Tree Olive Garden. Oh, and the Pens always used always to go used there, to stop there all during, the time during like the like oh eight and oh nine. Well, because they were on runs. their way back. They were on their way back from practice from at South, South Point. Point. Exactly. So that was like their place, and you know, like you're an athlete, you need carbs, like bottomless bowls of breadsticks and pasta, or like sometimes where you need to go. But I mean, like this this guy, he's like they're all cool, and like I like waiting on them, and like I'm I'm getting more into hockey. But he like, like he seemed to like brighten whenever you mentioned Flurry. Like you know, like Stahl's cool, Latang's cool, Flurry's a really nice guy, really like Flurry. Latang's super and he, cool. Like the dude's a Pens fan for life. Like he lives in like Oregon now. But, like, he still posts about the pens because, just you know, like, they treated him well and they were nice to him and, you know, they won a Stanley Cup while he lived in town. I mean, that didn't hurt either. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, like, I, I've never met the guy, but I, I understand why he's super popular here. And, like, there's there's nothing wrong with, you know, wearing a, a Vegas Murray jersey, I guess, if you if you got one. <laughs> Vegas, I don't know. One of my, one a of my Vegas, Fleur, a Vegas Flurry jersey. I've seen the jerseys where it was cut up down the middle. What the flurry or flurry? The, the murray, the mur flurry. However they put together, and you know, um, like like the Paul Staggerwald chant, oh. murray flurry. Yeah, I think they they should have they should have included that in the video, but they didn't. 
Yeah. They could they could have just like bleeped out where he said Murray. Well, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. I mean, Stiggy's one of his own. He's I mean, you know, he's Stiggy. He's I the mean, ambassador now. It he's was nice. A, I mean, I mean, I, I I listened to. I was not home for a lot of the game. I was out and about uh, doing some stuff. I uh, listened to a lot of the game on the radio call, uh, which of course is Mike Lang uh, doing all the home games, and he's not traveling with the team this year, other than to the quick jaunts mm. that they go to, um, like Columbus or Jersey or something like that. He's Columbus not, ain't far. Yeah, he's go. He's doing the quick away games. He's not doing the the traveling very far. Um, so no, the Pens. I mean, they're coming on to their stride right now. I mean, this is. This is where the Pens are kicking into gear. The Stars are looking like stars. Um, they're performing. I mean, Malkin was Player of the Month uh, in January. He's Player of the Week the first week in February. Uh, that game against the Capitals, uh, he had uh, a hat trick. Very and nice. Fight. And a fight. That's a Gino Malkin hat trick. <laughs> a regular hat trick and a fight. Right. And like a dumbass penalty. <laughs> like yeah. like a hook yeah. in like yeah. eighty feet away from the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the Gordy Howe hat trick away. Yeah, the Malkin hat trick. Have an actual hat trick, a fight, and a dumbass penalty. There it is. <laughs> Matt called it right there. there it it's is now man. the Gino Malkin hat trick. Gino Machino. Um, you know they are uh, second in the Metro Division. Uh, they're fifth in the conference, so they're now in the playoff talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, firmly, firmly. Like in a division spot, not a wild card spot. Yeah, firmly in a division spot because they NHL had to go fuck with shit. And I still don't fully understand I, it. I don't either. I just know that it right now, I'm, I, if you tell me that like I need to just root against Washington and Columbus, which they played each other tonight, so the best thing that could have happened was that the stadium imploded. But no. Washington. Yeah, a tie doesn't actually help us between them because there are no ties. There and are no ties gets in a hockey anymore. Point, and that yeah. means that it's like they get extra help. Yeah. Yeah, so there really is no... Wa- like, Washington, Washington won. I, I... Man, if we could have just like... Okay, so Washington won. That's fine. Whatever. Um, you so know, Washington's as I, as I said to, the, Washington's as I said to the, the Caps division. fan that I met over the weekend, Washington doesn't bother me because when it's their time, they, they screw out up. The way. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, when it's their time... They get out of the way. They can win a president's trophy. Ovechkin can win a scoring title. He can be the MVP. But when it gets down to like a second or third round playoff series against the Penguins, game seven, don't matter if it's there, don't matter if it's here, they move out of the way. We have their number. We have their number. We have their number. Yeah. There's like the Patriots have the Steelers number. Sad to say. The Penguins have the Capitals number. And there's just no if, ands, or buts about it. it it's the way it is the um, capitals number is you suck in binary <laughs> we have it it's, it's been decoded uh the good thing with the penguins though is you know, their power play is still number one in nhl uh the penalty kill is still in the top 10 um and again i mean, you didn't get to see kessel's goal tonight you saw it on replay here on espn as we're watching while we're recording um that was a pretty ass goal Malkin had a goal, uh, fed by Kessel. Then Malkin fed Kessel for a goal. Kessel's goal was just pretty. He was one of those coming across the ice on the left wing, and got the feed from Malkin. He went down to one knee. It was a snapshot. It was over top of Flurry's uh, right shoulder, and right in the back of the net. It was pretty. Gensel had uh, Flurry stopped Gensel on a breakaway. Gensel ended up getting a uh, don't call it a garbage goal, but he shot it through some traffic. 
Um, he had uh, Rust was jumping out of the way on that one. You know, it, it's you know we went. I was out and about, and the uh, Knights went up two two nothing. Yeah, they went up two nothing, and they then... went up two nothing with uh, uh, his brother plays up in Ottawa. He's a captain at Ottawa. Carlson. Carlson. So mm-hmm. Carlson's brother scored their first goal for the Knights. And then the real deal, James Neal. Who knew that wouldn't happen? Came through with a goal and, I mean. He was a Pens killer before we got him. He was a Pens killer before we got and him. And then he was a Pens killer after he left. And now he's a Pens killer in, in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, he was a. And he was a Pens helper and a lady killer. And he Pittsburgh. didn't knee anybody in the head tonight, I don't think. No, no. I mean, there. I, I did see the one section full of the, uh, you know, University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon girls that were cheering for him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, huh. he had a way with the college ladies Carnegie while he was Mellon, here. Really? I mean, he's into the smart girls. Uh, he's into any girl. Okay, he's the real deal. He's the real deal, James Neal. Come on. Shit. Okay. But so, I mean, he... so other than that, like you know, not to call anyone's virtue into question, but James Neal is currently what, like, in town, or did they fly home immediately after the game? I don't know that. Okay. I know they were in town yesterday. They 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 came in yesterday. Uh, I think they're on like a four of a five game road. This was like game four of a five game road swing. I think they said. Yeah. So they were they flew out tonight. Right they they flew out tonight, but they were in an extra night. Mm. They came in. Um. What's, what they played, was today? They played Washington on Sunday. So they came like in. Matinee. Right, yeah, then they came in. They came in Sunday night. Did they miss the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm sure they were out somewhere partying, watching it in Pittsburgh. The airport, maybe. You know, because they were in town all day Monday. That that was their day. Didn't, off. Do, any, didn't do any shirtless walking on the North Shore like the Sharks did when yeah. they came to town. Yeah, did so, they? A little not, too cold for that? Probably. <laughs> so it, it's either they actually slept in D.C. and came in Monday and then slept here Monday and played Tuesday, or they came up right after the game Sunday night and actually had two nights in town and a whole day in the middle. Um, By the way, did you see that the, the Sharks are giving away a Brent Burns bobblehead that's based on the photo of him like cruising down the North Shore in jorts and no shirt and like sunglasses? That's awesome. I've seen. I saw a picture of it. It's it's literally just like a shirtless, like sunglass beard guy, with jean shorts, and, and no it's teeth. supposed to be Brent Burns bobblehead and no teeth. Yeah. I yeah I don't know like but like uh, the person who took the picture of him like whatever person just happened to be like out on the North Shore and like snapped that photo like like is I ought to be entitled to some money, <laughs> in my opinion. Wow! You're like if if your photography becomes a bobblehead, like maybe too bad Amanda's not here to speak to this, but like if you take a picture of something and some team turns it into a bobblehead, don't you get a cut? You should. Yeah. Or at least I, I don't some know if nachos that, or something. I, I don't know if that person even knows about it, but you know. Oh, they know about it. It was all on Twitter the other day. That's how I found out about it. <laughs> you don't think I'm on, I'm not on Sharks Twitter at all? Like this was Penguins Twitter, like made me aware of this. All right. Well, folks, I just kind of glanced out at the time. We're a little over. But a little that's over. what we do here, you know. We didn't even get to the traffic yet. Shit. I know. No on-street parking in Mount Lebanon. <laughs> the snow is coming. Wait, there's um, no on-street parking in Mount Lebanon anyway. I know. I don't get that. They were on the news. It was like the second leading story on Channel 11 tonight. 
<laughs> it's like the lead was like it's gonna snow, and the second story was like you can't park on the street in Mount Lebanon. You can't. I was park... like, how is that news? Yeah, you can't. Park you can't park sh- anywhere in Dormont. How is that news? No, you can park. No, street if parking. You can find in... a spot. You can yeah. park anywhere. Yeah, in Dormont. Yeah, street parking in Dormont as long as you have the proper sticker. There's no street parking in Mount Lebanon. You need a sticker and like. A voodoo curse to find a spot in Dormont. See, what's nice hour. is I have the Mount Lebanon address and the Mount Lebanon taxes, but yet I have, a Castle, Castle I have a Castle Shannon parking sticker. Oh, that's good because... Because literally across the street from my house yeah. is Castle Shannon. Mm. And I'm parking so, on that side. Yeah, you are parked on that side. But you're going to be leaving before the snow, and if you don't, my girlfriend's going to be pissed. No, I'm not. So. <laughs> Dude, I stocked up on groceries, man. I'd be stupid to not go home. <laughs> or just you got You got any uh, chipped ham here? I do. Oh, okay. Do. Well, maybe. I mean, what about wait, hot wait, Italian sausage? Wait, I do. Shit. Didn't you say you have a pistachio 30, ice cream? Did you say with thirty pack in the car? Thirty pack of cores, yeah. Oh, it's banquet cores, beer. dude. Okay. Oh, it's banquet beer though. It was like a thirty-six right. pack. Which, like, thank you, Pennsylvania, for finally having like weird, random numbers of beers that I can buy besides twenty-four when I go to a distributor. I bought a thirty-six pack of Coors banquet beer for like twenty-two something. Uh, it, wor- it works a, out to like 68 cents a beer. And me as a craft beer guy, to support the big companies it's horrible. sucks. It's horrible. But, but, it, the the Coors, hand, but the Coors Original Banquet beer it's not bad. is not bad. You know, and like, I, I like to make uh, like, you know, I, like, I, I was drinking some IPAs, some heavier stuff. But sometimes you just need something smooth and easy drinking like, uh, <sighs> like the Banquet beer. All right. It's so weird because hipsters would never touch Coors Light. Mm-mm. Like if you like set their balls on fire, they wouldn't like touch Coors Light. But you Not put it, you put like roughly the same brew in like a different color can and like write banquet on it, and all of a sudden like, oh, that's really good beer. Well, banquet the Coors beer. Banquet beer is darker than yeah, obviously it's darker, but well, I've I've never actually seen it because I was drinking out the can, but. You've inspired it, me to pour it into a glass now. It's darker. It's, it's really not as dark as Yingling, guy. but, I mean, no. it's, well, it's darker. I don't know what Yingling is. I'm, I didn't just drink one, did I? Uh, you may have. Oh, man, we've been here a long time. It's all right. All right, folks, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and sign off right now. Uh, go ahead and keep uh, us in tune on Bold Pittsburgh on Facebook, Bold, Bold PGH Sports on Twitter. Uh, we'll be posting around. Matt and I throw shit out on our own personal pages, so if you're friends of ours on our personal pages, you'll see it too. Um, iTunes and Stitcher and all the fun places that you like to listen to podcasts. Thank you to our friends at Sorgatron Media uh, for taking care of us. Uh, also, again, another big thank you to Penn Brewery and Slice on Broadway for helping us out with our uh live Super Bowl show that we did this past Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, We hope to do some stuff with you again in the future, and we'll contact you when that is. We got to talk to Sorg. I'll be be contacting Slice before that. Oh, yeah, I'll be contacting Slice. Can you deliver to Brookline? I swear you won't have to hear my voice for an hour and a half. Like, if it takes me an hour and a half to get off a pizza (laughs) order, then, like, we got problems. Um, Uh, if, If I hit up Penn Brewery first... Then maybe it might take me that long to figure out what I want, but I'll write it down on a notepad before I call so I don't sound like a complete idiot. There it is. All right, folks, you guys have a good sports week. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next week. Let's go Pens. Go Pens. Flurry. Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media, on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. 
Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.